Hello and welcome back to the Battleborn Reds podcast. I'm your host as always, Joshua Insamo, joined by my co-host, Mike Pantalone. Mike, it was a tough week to say the least for Toronto FC as they lose 4-1 in the home opener to New York Red Bull. Uh, say hi to the listeners, introduce yourself. How are you feeling? Uh, this has been a tough week for Reds fans, hasn't it? Yeah, thanks Josh. I'm doing okay. Yeah, that was a very tough uh, game last week, the home opener. I was not expecting a 4-1 loss for the Reds. Yeah, never mind a 4-1 loss is the final score. Four goals in the first half was atrocious. That was actually the first time in franchise history, I'm pretty sure, in MLS League matches that Toronto FC has conceded four goals within the first 45. And, you know, being there in attendance, the crowd started off so energetic and loud. And as the game went on, well, as the half went on, it regressed tremendously. And it was, you know, awful as the halftime whistle blew, TFC was getting booed off the field uh, going into halftime. And that was something I didn't expect at all. And, you know, I guess we got to shine some positivity. They did maintain 60% possession in this one. Uh, that is actually back-to-back matches. Now, they are the only team in Major League Soccer to maintain at least 60% of the ball uh, in both matches so far this season. And I want to bring this up because... You know, they are showing at least some signs of progress, this Toronto FC club. Uh, last year, they only maintained uh, at least 60% possession in only three matches in MLS in 34 games. Only three of the 34. And I think that is, you know, a really good sign that the team is improving and they do have a system they do want to play under new manager Bob Bradley. Tell me, uh, how do you feel before we go into depth about, you know, the breakdown of this game? Uh, about you know how this new TFC team likes to play with the majority of the ball in their hands and dictate the future of what they hold when they have maintained possession for at least 60% because that's over half the game. Yeah, I think that's a great stat. Having a majority of the possession in the game le- usually leads to more wins, but this problem here, they, they have great possession, but the problem is they just can't score. Like They got the one goal by Jesus Jimenez. First goal is a red. First goal in the home opener was great. But after that, they just kept passing. They couldn't do anything else with the ball. But, like, obviously we're seeing progress, too. Like you said, it was great. When Insignia comes, maybe the possession will lead into more goals. We'll just have to see what's going to happen with that. Yeah, and I like how you bring up goals, too. Like, But without goals, like, you can't score goals if you don't shoot, right? And this is a TFC team that has, like, under five shots in the first two games. I think they have three to be exact. That's awful, in my opinion. And, you know, obviously the focal point of the offense is going to be Lorenzo Insigne, but he's not here until July, and that is still, uh, you know, a pretty good length away. So this Toronto SD team needs to find something on offense because clearly it has not been there in the first two matches uh, enough to support this team to get three points in both games. Uh, You know, the game at home, it was tough. Uh, TFC's changed a lot. It was their first home opener in about two years. Their first real, real home opener. Um, you know, it was it was loud. It was energetic. The beginning was awesome. But just, again, back to the same old conceding rapidly. Like, like I'm sorry, the first goal, just awful marking from the Reds. You know, uh, the attackers really didn't drop back. 
the back line was unorganized. They were they left players completely wide open across the field. No matter where you look, you can find bodies that had tons of space, and that's what happened on the first goal. It's what happened on the second goal. The third goal should have been a foul for sure. You know, a lot of people outside of the Toronto FC fan base said that, you know, it was just a bias, but no. Like, Jaden Nelson clearly got thrown off the ball. That clearly was a foul, but they didn't call it. Then, you know, breakaway, and that's what happened there. You know, it's hard to criticize Bono in this one. He had a really good second half, really pulled it together. Uh, but, you know, even the fourth goal, right? Like, after you concede that third goal, in a time where you know that you're still kind of in it, two goals going into half, just keep it at 3-1 at least. But, no, they gave up the foul in their own area, and the ball over top with a clean header goes right by Bono, and it turns into 4-1 at the 37th minute. And it was bad, man. It was bad. BMO Field was so disappointed, and fans left at half. It was just an awful sight to see. It was definitely not something I expected. I thought, you know, fans are back. It's the home opener. They're playing a team that, yes, they, they are supposed to be good, New York Red Bull, but, you know, this is an opponent that, you know, Toronto has always kind of lived up to the match hype with. They just weren't in this one, and it was really disappointing. I know this is a new team, and you got to remain positive. But tell me, these goals, anything that stood out to you? Because I know uh, you're more of the defensive metrics guy, and this game was not pretty from that end. Well, obviously you said the marking from the whole back line was just horrible this game. But the real thing we talked about, I think, in the previous episode, is that the Red Bulls are really going to pressure our fullbacks, Schaffelberg and Marshall Ruddy. And we saw they did the whole game. Marshall Ruddy looked horrible from what he did the first week where he was a star of the week he was giving away the ball he was just he was not marking his man either especially on those two goals for morgan he was just ball he was just in the middle in no man's land just watching the ball like it was just like horrible marking again from even salcedo who was supposed to be like the big veteran guy he just wasn't very good defensively this game one guy that was okay was shane o'neill he was decent this game and like just overall, the de- the defense just did not have it today. It was they're actually worse than last the first game of the season. I thought it was gonna steadily improve. You know, take some time. They're gonna progress. Two guys playing fullback, which they don't play those positions. They're more offensive minded players, which we're just gonna see with time if they're gonna be able to adapt. But what I'm seeing right now is there's a big problem with the fullbacks. Who knows? Maybe they get replacements for fullbacks. Maybe they change the formation. The five in the back, three in the back. Who knows? Yeah, you know, and now we go into tomorrow's match against Columbus Crew. And, you know, it's hard to preview Columbus Crew because we are so early on in the season. This is a team that just won MLS Cup only two seasons ago. And it's really hard to dictate what Columbus' future holds because this is a team that battled injuries last year. And this year they look a little bit more healthy. They've made some changes, tons of new ads. This team, I think, is a sneaky MLS contender I think they can really be good and a lot of that is driven off the fact of Zell Rayon and you know with no Carlos Salcedo in tomorrow's match due to his suspension which I don't think is really fair but it's harder to argue but uh, you know Zell Rayon is going to have a field day and we know what a good attacker he is and how good he is from shooting outside the box an absolute missile long distance shooter and uh, that's something that's going to trouble TFC for sure we saw what happened in this match against New York Red Bull and the first two goals were from a pretty decent margin away and uh, you know that makes me nervous going into tomorrow what do you think about Zell Rayon and his ability to shoot from distance 
Yeah, obviously we saw the Reds struggled from shots from distance that game. I think the thing to counteract that is you just got to put high pressure right away as they're taking that shot, force them to probably have a worse aim shot, maybe hit them, get a block. Like, yeah, it's just going to be tough for them because I think uh, three out of four, uh, two of the goals were actually from long range from Morgan, and then one was obviously the free kick where nobody was marking the guy at all, and then obviously the breakaway, which should not have been a breakaway, should have been a foul. Yeah, you know, that's definitely something to watch. Zellerion is a fantastic uh, MLS player, and I definitely think, you know, he got two goals in the last game. I think he is a sneaky MVP, uh, you know, runner in this league. And we look at the lineup that they fielded in both their games right now, and it looks like they're probably going to do the same tomorrow. I don't think they have any injuries or suspensions, but it's going to be very up top, uh, then, you know, follow behind ETN Jr., Zellerion, and the center attacking mid spot and Yaboa on the right uh, behind them in the defensive mid is going to be Nagabi and Delima Jr. And the back line for Columbus is featured Santos, Degnek, Mensa, and Morea in both appearances so far. So I'm assuming that's going to be the back line tomorrow with room in net. And, uh, you know, this is a team that, you know, they defend pretty well, I guess they did have that awesome game. Uh, to kick off the season against Whitecaps. Uh, but, you know, this is a team that is beatable, but they are sneaky good. And TFC is definitely going to have to play up to their opponent tomorrow because we know what this team can do, and we know the class that Columbus has within this 11. And they even have Yassi Zardes on the bench. And we know the talent that he is and what he's done in Major League Soccer for a long, long time and what he's done to Toronto FC itself. But, you know, just a quick mention here, they do have some uh, TFC... Uh, I guess, interesting names. Evan Bush, former Montreal Impact uh, goaltender, you know, rival goalie from the Derby. Uh, for TFC fans, remember him. But another name that I wanted to bring up, and that is defender Josh Williams. Uh, he's still on Columbus crew, which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, I remember him. I'm sure you guys do as well. Uh, so, yeah, you know, this is a Columbus crew squad that is definitely going to be interesting and uh you know josh williams he was here for a brief time in toronto but yeah that's all in terms of that stuff but you know this is a team like degneck is a pretty good center back and he's been very stable since he's come over to major league soccer and that is something that i'm really looking forward to uh eli room uh you know he's been really solid for columbus crew as well and this is a team that is going to be tough to beat tell me are you nervous about columbus crew and uh that matchup tomorrow in columbus yeah, I am a bit nervous, especially after last week, their horrible performance. I had high hopes for that game, and they just ruined my hopes. <laughs> like, obviously, Columbus, they're a very competitive team, like we said, against the Whitecaps. It was a very entertaining game. Usually, when these two teams play, it's very entertaining. It's very chippy. They have a nice rivalry since they've both been in the league. Obviously, you have the, they do have an advantage on defense, like you said. They got great defensive names. Uh, Evan Bush was always a great uh, goalkeeper. Obviously, still got the fire from those Montreal-Toronto rivalries. Yeah, I just think it's going to be very tough, especially with the de the defense after last game too for the Reds. We don't even know Schaffelberg's going to be ready for that next game either. Yeah, you know Columbus Crew. We talked about them on our first episode. This is a sneaky good MLS side. They're currently third in uh, the East right now. They have four points from their first two games. They drew against San Jose Earthquakes and. Uh, they really took it to Vancouver 4-0 in uh, 
in the opening match, which was their home opener. They have a goal ratio of seven goals scored, three against. Uh, so those three goals against obviously came all against San Jose. But this is a team that they can beat you in a lot of ways. And Zell Rayon is basically the leading factor in that. And he really can do stuff that not a lot of MLS players can. And he's going to be my player to watch tomorrow night. Uh, tell me, do you agree? Because Zell Rayon is one heck of a talent. Yeah, well, Zardes, like you said, he's very uh, – I mean, he might not even be playing tomorrow. Who knows? He's a substitution, but he's like a legend in MLS, like LA Galaxy. He's always a sneaky, great scorer. I will be nervous if he is on tomorrow, but honestly, they could put any striker on the defense and they'll score. <laughs> wow, you have a ton of faith in the Reds' back line. That is for sure. And I like how you brought up Zardes because Zardes is – you know, you gave him MLS legend status. I think in terms of the recency, if you're a newer fan, which we are, then I guess you could kind of, you know, make that joke. But, yeah, no, Zardes has definitely been a long stay here in MLS, and he is certainly known to anybody that's watched uh, soccer in this league over the last, I guess, couple of years. Always a threat, whether that's off the bench or in a starting role. And, you know, we've seen him play against Toronto FC and, uh, he certainly doesn't discriminate against playing the Reds because he has had some really good performances. But, you know, this is this is an interesting match. And, you know, Toronto FC, I think it's going to be tough because Columbus as well loves to hold possession of the ball. They have an 84% passing rate in their first two matches. You know, this is going to be a tough game for TFC to play their system, especially without Carlos Salcedo. And I think this is going to mean a lot more of a role for Mavinga and Shane O'Neill. And credit to Shane, you know, in that home opener, it was ugly. You know, the four goals doesn't really stand out to the defense in terms of positives. But he, in my opinion, kept fighting throughout the whole game. He went to ground on almost every single play. It felt like he loves going to challenge the ball. And I love that about him. Uh, you know, really never gives up on a play. Sometimes he gets caught, but he really is aggressive. And that approach, in my opinion, really helps uh, this Toronto FC back line. Because we don't have enough of that. We have a lot of, you know, soft coverage players. A lot of players that play off the ball, but Shane is the opposite. You know, he really wants to take it to his opponent. And I think that's where his game benefits most. And I think tomorrow him with Mavinga is going to be certainly interesting. I think Toronto FC's back line is taking a hit no matter what. As Salcedo is clearly the best defender on this club. But, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting. It's tough because, you know, my opinion on this team, it's been very optimistic and high hopes. But maybe this is just not the year for Toronto. Which kind of makes sense. They're not getting Insigne until later. In terms of the overall general view of things. But there's still so much youth in this talent. And, you know, Insigne's acquisition is probably the biggest one in league history. So this team would not surprise me if they squeak into, you know, a playoff spot. And then they do go on a run, which they've done in years past. But the overall standard for this team right now, like the fullbacks we have here, you know... It's tough and it's a bit disappointing because we don't know how long Toronto C is going to have Marshall Rui, and we know the interest that he's getting from Europe. And you know his twenty million dollar price tag is certainly going to be matched no matter what. He's a terrific young talent. We're seeing what he's doing now, but it's in terms of looking at the squad with how much changes they've went through and like almost eighty percent of the roster feels like it's all brand new players, and to get a whole new regime and system in uh, in such a short time, it's really hard to predict with this team because they can do a complete 180 uh, from game to game. And, you know, we're only in game two here, and a lot of people are going to be like, oh, maybe you're jumping to conclusions. But, no, until Insigne comes, they don't really have the firepower. And I think 
that's kind of been the approach by President Bill Manning as well, right? He's talked about how Canada is hosting the World Cup and how he wants to be around that time. The big team here in Canada, and obviously the World Cup is in Qatar this year, so we still got a long way until it is here in Canada. But, you know, Insignia is here on a five-year deal. Obviously, I think the J. I th- I'm bringing up the Jays here because I think Toronto FC has a lot of a similar approach here. I think, you know, they have the young talent. They've spent money, but they're not in a rush to go and completely, you know, this is a championship season. You know, it's kind of let's see how the young guys grow and we'll keep improving from year on year on and just adding on to the weapons like the Jays have done. And, you know, I think that's the approach MLSE is taking with Toronto FC. Obviously, we have Marshall Rudy, as we said, who he's going to be a vital piece to this team. And hopefully he stays for next year as well, which I don't know if that's exactly likely. And, you know, we look at Jaden Nelson as well as another guy that can clearly break out at any point. But the offense has really been a killer, and that's what's frustrating. And, you know, we don't get Insigne until July. And as much as you talk about defensive style of soccer, this is a Toronto FC team that has maintained 60% of possession, which I already talked about. But the goals aren't coming. I love how you brought that point up, Mike. You know, if the goals aren't coming from this Toronto FC squad, then how do they expect to win, right? And it's tough to have those expectations for a team that doesn't score. Don't you agree? Yeah, I also definitely agree. And also, the scoring also, like, you want to come from your striker, but Alejandro Bozuelo, we've seen, he hasn't looked like himself the first two games of the season. He's been an MVP caliber player, but he's looking very rusty. He hasn't... He did have a nice scoring chance last game, but other than that, we just don't see a lot of shooting from him. We don't see a lot of great like plays from him like we're used to seeing. Hopefully, he can pick it up later on in the season when Insignia comes, even before he comes, because we need him to play good now to be in a good spot for when Insignia comes to be in a playoff spot. Yeah, Pozuelo's definitely got to pull it together. Like It's tough. It's only been two games, but I'm sure people listening know that you know, this is not Pozuelo's standards. He's a top echelon player, whether that be in front of the ball, behind the ball. He can do tons of things on the field that, you know, not a lot of MLSers can. And, uh, you know, this year he just hasn't – he's been caught out of position quite a lot, uh, hasn't been first to the ball, been losing a lot of matchups. And uh, that's just unlike him. So, you know, age and contract status certainly could be, an, a, you know, a topic of discussion, but – I still think he's got a lot left in the tank, and I really think he wants to be here. So I don't think contract talks and that stuff about moving potentially is in his head. But, you know, maybe it's just a slow start. I think maybe a lot of overreaction has happened. That's what happens usually in Toronto media. We know that from covering uh, covering Toronto sports. But, uh, you know, Alex Bono, I think, has really kind of shown that we don't have to panic much because he has, you know, at certain points in time, Okay, some goals are hard to blame, but in the second half, when a goaltender shows me, or a goalkeeper in this aspect, shows me that the ability to bounce back in a game like we saw in the home opener, where the score was out of hand and easily could have just turtled up into a shell and just given up, you know, a fifth goal, sixth goal. Like, this guy was stopping some breakaway opportunities, and yes, I'm saying, you know, this guy is the best goalie on the roster, in my opinion, but... You know, you, it, you obviously, if you want to go out and spend, obviously you can find better options. But you cannot tell me that you aren't at least satisfied with the effort Bono put in because it, it's so easy for a goaltender in that spot to just turtle up and just, you know, not be in it. But he kept battling no matter what point it was. He was battling, battling, battling and covered up for a lot of Toronto FC's defensive lapses. Tell me if I'm wrong. No, you're not. And as you know, I'm a big Alex Bono guy myself. 
And obviously, like, that second half, like, he was just making great saves, keeping them in that game. I, like, most of those goals were not his fault. Maybe the second one for Morgan he could have had, but, like, he just kept battling back in that game, stopping those breakaways, great low saves in that second half. Like, it's tough, too. Like, you can't really, like, that defense that he has right now is not great, and he's only letting in four goals, I think, is pretty impressive, honestly, with that defense. Yeah, you and uh, the faith in our back line is certainly going to be entertaining as the year goes on. Our defensive insider here at BBFT, Michael Pantalone. We're going to have a weekly segment where Mike just talks about the back line because that is his favorite topic, clearly. Uh, but that's all from us. We are certainly excited for tomorrow's kickoff, 1.30 p.m. Columbus Crew versus Toronto FC. Always a very exciting matchup. I'm pumped. It's been a while. But, you know, MLS is in full stride now, and I cannot wait. So thank you guys all for listening. We'll be back to speak to you guys next week after this match, and let's hope Toronto FC can get the three points. Or at least a point. I'll take that too. But let's get the three points. Go Reds, go. Uh, Mike, any last words before we send it off? Nope. That's all. I just, like like you said, I'm excited for the game. Hopefully they can't pull off a win. I don't know if it will happen. My expectations are low for this game after last week. So, Hopefully they can. Go Reds, go. Realistic Mike, guys. Use the Twitter hashtag Realistic Mike because he keeps it realistic as always. Thank you guys for listening. Go Reds, go, and I can't wait for next week. Mm-hmm.